0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Chris Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. We are back. This is Hoop Bowl Girls. And finally, for the first time in the history of ever, we actually get to talk about some news. We scheduled a show and we get some news that doesn't break after we record. It it really, like, it feels good. It's incredible. It seems like, especially in this offseason, we would record a podcast and then 45 minutes after I post the podcast or after we're done recording, boom, they drop something, you know, that they trade for somebody or they make a roster move. It's like, man, how unlucky can you get? But it worked out good today. Jaron Jackson Jr. has officially secured the bag. Should have happened a little while ago, in my opinion, but they were kind of waiting until the deadline. And I'm glad that they done it before, because I think that if they had waited until after this season, that he would have demanded significantly more money. Isaac, what do you think about it, man?
1: Yeah, man, I, I think it's a good deal. I actually thought it would take more than this. And and, and a couple things on this. Uh, I think, first of all, I think it's fantastic to have two guys and John Jared that are going to be the cornerstones of, of your future. Two guys that you know want to be here. Uh, I don't think there's any question about their desires or, or what they want going forward. John Jaron want to be here at Memphis. And I've talked so much about, the relationship with, between John and Jared, you know, we all know how close they are and to make no mistake about it, John was watching this and how all these negotiations went. And I'm not saying it would have gotten messy, but if you didn't get this deal done now, there's a possibility that you go the next off season, Jerry could be a little pissed off because you, you didn't get it done last off season. You was going to have teams that were going to be throwing back it up. The truck for him, no doubt about that. And things sort could of have got a little dicey there and, you just don't want that. And you don't want Ja watching that with it's done, because he's up next and he's watching how this franchise is going to handle that. And I think it's great that they went ahead and got this done. Uh, it creates goodwill between your guys. The, uh, it showed that they're committed to John ja and Jared. And these are you You guys are the two guys that we're going to build around. And I think it was big to go ahead and get this done. And I'm actually kind of surprised because I didn't think they were going to do it. Because uh, you see a situation out in Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton, part of the same draft class that he did not get his done today, and he's not happy with the franchise, and that's going to be a distraction all season for them. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And and once you don't get this done by the deadline, it's going to be something that you can't do anything about to next offseason. So I think it's really, really good to get this done. Now it's not going to be a cloud over over the season or anything like that. All all these guys got to do is go out and ball.
0: Yeah, it blows my mind. The Phoenix Suns, they they paid Landry Shamit, and and it's yeah. not like his was a a massive deal yeah. or anything, but he has not officially played a, a game for them yet. Like he's played preseason stuff, but he hasn't played a regular season game for the franchise. And they gave him a contract. Aiden was your number one pick, and he's produced. You know, I I don't know. Um, man, I'd have to go back. Who who did Aiden come out like? Who was in his draft class?
1: I mean he was in a class, he was in the same class with um Jared Jackson uh Luca Doncic he was in that draft
0: Yeah so you know you've got I'm I'm going to pull it up just so we can go through the names but there's some guys that have outperformed DeAndre Ayton but I I think like he deserves the like he deserves what he's asking for in my opinion he was no a, a, a cornerstone piece. He was a very important piece in their finals run last year. And for whatever reason, like, uh, nah, I don't know if we're going to pay him or not. Why? Like, what, what legitimate reason do you have that you're not going to pay this guy?
1: I was going to say, I've talked to some, some Phoenix guys today, uh, some, some guys, some writers, some bloggers from there, and they're kind of theory on it. They don't agree with it at all, which I don't know who would. And you talk about Landry Shammick getting that deal. If I'm the under8 I'm looking at that like, man, what the heck is going on? But they think that maybe Starver and the front office kind of thinks a lot of this is CP3 produced. Like if, if Chris Paul wasn't there, that he wouldn't have been the player that he was last year. And that's kind of, they're kind of nervous about that. But the thing about it is next offseason, if somebody offers them a max deal, they're 100% going to match that. They're not going to let that guy walk. And it's just, doesn't make any sense, and that's kind of the same thing I was saying about Jared, because if you knew that, that he was going to be here, and the only thing you were going to do if you didn't get it done this offseason would cost yourself more money, and, and that's the thing about it that doesn't make any sense, because I believe the eight is going to be a Phoenix Sun for a long time, but now it's going to cost them a lot more than it would have cost them if they had got it done today.
0: Yeah, I would like um, a million percent man Let, let's run through I, I pulled up the draft the first round and i'm not gonna run through the entire first round but let's say marvin bagley no you know mo bamba no window Carter oh. jr colin sexton kevin knox uh miles bridges jerome robinson so you so th- those are some of the names that were in this draft and there's quite a few others but you know on this list of guys that have outperformed Aiton, you're looking at Luka Doncic, Trey Young. You can maybe slightly argue SGA, maybe, but I mean, I I still like I prefer Aiton over him. Yeah, Bridges just because
1: he's a just because he's a big I mean yeah center that, that size matters.
0: Bridges got paid. You know, like, it, it just – it doesn't make sense to me as to why they're not paying this guy his money. We don't have to worry about that. This is not a Suns podcast. But, but it's just – it's crazy to me. You know, you look at, you know, where you took him in the draft, the type of season that he had last year. Yeah, you can, you know, maybe credit some of that to the ability that Chris Paul has. But it's not like Aiden was lazy and not putting in the work. You know, yeah. he's putting in the work. His game is improving every year. And you're going to cost yourself money going into the next offseason. Somebody mentioned, I I saw it, that they were going to go ahead and assume that they had somebody else in mind not named DeAndre Ayton to give that money to. I don't know who that's going to be, but it just seems wild to me that they would not pay him. And and I think it affects them in the long run. You know, if I'm DeAndre Ayton in this situation, do I want to stay in Phoenix after they're not willing to pay me? maybe they mend the fences between now and the offseason and they're able to get something done. But this this may have done, like, unrepairable damage to to the relationship. So, you know, you never know how a guy is going to react to a situation like this. And Lord knows you don't want a situation like the Kings have with Marvin Bagley. You know, and Bagley obviously is not produced like DeAndre Ayton has. But the relationship with Bagley and the Kings – is shaky at best.
1: Yeah, and, and the report said that DeAndre Aiden was highly upset with the organization uh, this afternoon, and, I mean, you're a team that just came off a finals appearance, and, I mean, you're thinking that you're going to try to get back there. This is going to be a big-time distraction for them uh, throughout the season. I mean, there's no way that he's just going to be a happy camper going into the season, and, I mean, he's such a big part of of that team. I mean, it's going to affect the whole team, and I just I don't get it, man, and, and just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, because because I really do think he's gonna be there unless he decides to walk on his own. Because I think if somebody offers him a max contract, I, I think they're gonna try to match it. And it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you yeah, see, crazy I've seen
0: not to, man. They yeah, really I've seen are.
1: teams. I've, I've seen teams do this before, and it just you just end up costing yourself more money. And not only that, I think it could possibly derail their season. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, this is gonna be a distraction all year, whether. Just and it's it was the same thing in Memphis. I mean, I, I don't think Jared Jackson would have caused a fuss, or been a bit of Malcolm in the locker room, anything like that. But people were going to talk about it, you're going to hear about it all year. Mm-hmm. If he's playing really well, the people are going to talk about, oh, well, you know, the Knicks are coming. You had already saw reports about that because his dad works for the team now, and that he's going to head up in New York. You're going to be hearing all this stuff all season. You just don't need that, uh, during the year. So uh, again, I, I'm glad this front office went ahead and got this done, man. I didn't think. I was kind of surprised to see that this morning because I didn't expect it uh, to happen. It looked like they were going to go into next offseason with it, man. But I think they got a good deal. And again, because I, I look at the situation, 105, I think if it weren't for the injuries, I don't think there's any way that they get him for, for 105. I mean, there, there were people talking about 120, 125, and the max is like, I think, 180 for him. Mm-hmm. So it, it could have been a lot more. Uh, but he decided to go ahead and sign this deal. I, I was talking to, I think, Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal, uh, I heard him talking earlier today, and he said if he was Jared, he wouldn't sign that deal. I mean, he thinks that he could have held out for more. And I think again that shows you that he wants to be here. I mean, I, I think yeah. he went inside the deal, and again, I mean, it's a risk. I mean, because the, we know we the, the injury history he's had. I mean, it's a risk for the Grizzlies, but I, I think that also shows the commitment to him. And, and again, I mean, I think it's really, really good. And I think it jives. You saw him tweeting out today; he's excited about. His buddy get the deal, man. He's up next, man. He got that brief truck. I think we're looking at two hundred plus million for Ja next offseason. season. Right? That's, yeah. that's gonna, gonna be, happen.
0: So. It's gonna be big money for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. So, and so you're not. You're also not gonna have two max guys on your books now, and I think that's important as well for especially for a small market team.
0: Yeah. So four years, hundred five million. My absolute favorite part of the contract is it's descending, De-
1: descending in yeah.
0: value. And so, what does that do? What does that mean, right? It means that as Jaron continues to move toward his prime, that the Grizzlies are going to be paying him less. less money. <laughs> and, and that is great for championship aspirations because you're going to have to have salary cap in order to go out and get the pieces you need to push you over the top, whether it's another star or it's a, uh, you know, a fantastic role player. Whatever the case may be, you're going to have to have that money and the Grizzlies done a great job in structuring this contract to where as Jaron continues to ascend, his contract is descending. So they're gonna have a little more wiggle, wiggle room with it, and that that's huge on the the front. That you know you just mentioned they're probably gonna be paying Ja two hundred million, you know next season. It, it's you, you have to do that with a small market team, and Kleiman has done a great job. The JV contract was the same way his the big money was the first year the contract it was descending after that that's why that contract was easy to move so I'm I'm completely happy with it I got some guys here that I want to talk about like guys that got paid and kind of compare them uh John Collins is one and I think John Collins uh was was the high end his his year his deal was a five-year 125 billion which it turns out that the the annual is about the same between the two But John Collins has outperformed Jaron Jackson Jr. statistically in his career. He's played in significantly more games. John Collins has played in 239 games. Jaron Jackson has played in 126. And so, you know, Collins has an extra year. But still, you know, Jaron, his his max amount of games played is 58 in his rookie season. He goes 58, 57. And then, you know, last year, of course, he missed the majority of the season. And then you got a guy like Jonathan Isaacs that his contract was less than Jaron, but the amount of games played is very similar. Jaron has statistically outperformed him. So to me, they, they, they got the middle ground. Isaacs was, I think four years, 70 million or some, something around that nature. So, you know, Jaron is, is in between Collins and Isaac. And I think yeah. that's really where he needs to be. Another guy, Mikhail Bridges, he got a four-year, $90 million deal. Um, not the same position. M- Mikael Bridges is going to be a good role, good slash great role player throughout his career. I do not believe that Mikael Bridges has the type of star power that Jaron Jackson has. And, and that that's just, you know, uh, Bridges got a four-year, $90 million deal. So if you want to argue with me and say the Grizzlies overpaid for a guy that has missed some games, and you want to be concerned because of his injury history, I will completely listen to your side of the argument. And and I don't disagree with that. I understand you having concerns about those things. But look at the statistics with what Jaron Jackson has done when he's been healthy. I've got some numbers here, and I shared it on Twitter earlier, but I want to talk about it again here on the show. Jonas Nader, he he shared these on a podcast with Dan uh, Bespris. Shout out to Fantasy NBA Today. If you are a fantasy basketball player and you're not listening to Dan's show, you should definitely go and check that out. He's one of the best in the business, and he you know, he has great. He has the best guest out of anybody. Just good work from Dan, and if you want to win your fantasy league, go and check his podcast out. That's Fantasy NBA Today. But Jonas Nader on Dan's podcast. Jaren's uh, age 20 season. Let me, let me back up. I'm messing it up already. Two players, two players in the history of the league have averaged 17 plus points, two and a half plus threes, 1.6 blocks, and 45% from the field in a season. One of those guys is Jaron Jackson Jr. in his age 20 season. The other guy is Kevin Durant in his age 29 season. So I'm not even going to do my normal disclaimer. If you want to claim that I'm calling Jaron the next coming of Kevin Durant, I really don't give a flip stats are stats like that. That's exactly what it is. And and if you want to talk about more stats, look at the numbers comparatively between Dirk's year 20 season and Giannis's year 20 season. And to what Jaron done in his year 20 season, he is his, his numbers are significantly better than two of the, best players to ever play the game, you know, and and I'm comfortable saying that about Giannis right now because I don't know that we've actually seen the best of Giannis. They won the title last year, but I think that his resume already solidifies him as one of the best to ever play the game. And I'm not saying that, you know, like he is goat talk. He's he's not. He's not that. But he's, you know, he's in the top 50, top 75, maybe lower than that at, at this point for me.
1: Yeah, man. And to, to those that are concerned about the injury stuff, I, I get it. Like, I understand it's definitely a risk that the Grizzlies are taking, but I think you have to look at it like this. If they, they don't re- retain Jared Jackson Jr., in a small market, you're not, with that money, they're not going to go out and sign a guy that could be potentially what Jared is. I mean, it's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I know we said about the free agency, they just have no history of going to small market teams, a guy of that level. I mean, you, he's going to have to Draft your guys like Jaron or get them in a trade. I mean, they're not – with that type of money, with the money that they're giving Jaron, they're not going to not retain him and go out and sign somebody else that's going to be – have that same type of production. I mean, and that's just the bottom line. I mean, you pretty much you have to do it. You can't let a, a young guy with that potential go. Like, I don't understand what these people are thinking. Who do you think they're going to go out and replace him with if they didn't resign him? So, I mean, it's something that they need to do. They did it.
0: Hell and again – man.
1: Yeah. The- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, you, you, it's like your, your, I mean, your franchise player in jaw. I mean, that's his best friend. I mean, if, if Jared's not happy, jaw's not going to be happy. And you, you could be potentially messing this up if, if, if you don't bring him back. So again, I think it, it's tremendous. And I've talked all summer. I think he's going to have a tremendous year. Uh, I put out on Twitter right before we came on here that I'm looking at 20 points is. Previous highest average was 17.4. Uh, I want 20 points from him, seven rebounds, which he averaged 7.3 rebounds throughout the preseason. I know it's preseason, uh, but he, he looked good rebounding the basketball, two blocks and 40% from three. And, and I don't think that's a lot to ask because, I mean, he hasn't been far off those numbers. I think the highest he ever did in rebound was 5.6, and that was actually last year. So it's a pretty significant jump there, but you're only talking a little bit over two points. Uh, he averaged 39.4% from three on six and a half attempts. In 1920, so 40%. I mean, he's been pretty much right there. So 27, two blocks and 40% from three is kind of where I would like to see him now. The big thing is staying on the floor, uh, not just talking about injury wise, but fouling wise, which he did a good job of that in the preseason. Uh, and hopefully that's something that carries over to the season because we all know that's been an issue with him. But if he can clean that up, I think he could easily average those numbers because, again, this, this coaching staff and this front office has cleared the way for him to succeed. I mean, we go back to the Jonas thing. I mean, part of that was contract him not being a long-term piece for his team, but a lot of that had to do with clearing away from Jared and kind of moving this into the direction of the vision that Taylor Jenkins and how he really wants to play uh, with his team, opening up space in the lane. So they're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And if he's on the floor, I think he could easily average 20.7 rebounds, two blocks and 40% from three. I don't think that's crazy at all.
0: No, not at all. Uh, here's a good number, another I've been kind of throwing stats out there, but I've got another one. So Jaron's first two years uh, in the preseason, he was at 20 minutes and 24 minutes, uh, year one, 20 year two, 24 minutes. He was averaging basically four and a half personal fouls in 20 and 24 minutes. This year, he was at 27 minutes a game in the preseason 3.3. That's huge. That That is one of his t- two of the things that you have arguments about with Jaron Jackson are his rebounding and then staying staying in foul trouble. And in the preseason, he was able to do both of those things. Stay and was staying out of foul trouble and rebounding the basketball. He was able to do both of those things at an extremely high level. And th- there were some of the some of his defensive plays just blow my mind, man. The level of athleticism, the ability to not only block the shot, but then kind of hurdle a guy to go and hustle and get the ball. And then after he gets the ball, he's got the ability to bring it up the floor. So it's, th- there's just a ton of upside in that skill set. And so again, if you want to be concerned about the injuries, I understand and I don't disagree with you. Those are fine to be concerned about. But he didn't get this contract because of what he's done, he got this contract because of what he's capable he's of. Blob. And in a small market, you have to do that. It's unfortunate at times, and it it will backfire. In, in some cases, it will backfire on you. I don't know that that's going to be the case with Jaron. I, I have faith that that's not going to be the case with Jaron. but I'm definitely not mad at this contract.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, they had to do it. Uh, just like you mentioned there, I mean, in a small market, I mean, your opportunities to get a player that I believe that Jared could potentially be, it's, you're just not going to have the opportunities often unless you just get lucky in the draft or you make a trade and a guy ends up taking off. It's, you're just not going to have that opportunity. So when you have a guy on your roster like that, especially at his age, man, you got to go ahead and lock him up. And again, it's just the price of doing business, man. I know these contracts sound like a lot of money, but if, if Jared is healthy and with the, the declining, the way the contract goes down year after year, you can look up three or three, four years and like, man, how did we get this guy on this deal? This could be a bargain uh, by the time we get to year three and four. And I'm betting on that's the case. I think it's a better chance of that being the case than the opposite. Um, because, again, if he's healthy, I, I really don't see any way that he is not an all-star level big-time player. You just don't see guys at his size that can do the things he can do. The way he can uh, put the ball on the floor, he can shoot threes, he can go inside, he can block shots. I mean, he did, again, they called him a unicorn for a reason, man. It's, you just don't see it. A uh, guy seven foot tall that can do things like that. So, again, man, I'm glad that he, he's going to be here. And I think it makes John Moran happy. And when John Moran is happy, happy, I think that bodes well for this franchise going
0: forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull up Jaron's bubble stats here just to kind of talk about those. Because I think that's a great example of what he's capable of. You look at the, the games that he played in the bubble and I'm, I'm pulling it up. I apologize. I don't have it ready, but just insane numbers. And just like you said, you're not going to go out and get a guy. I joked about DeAndre, but let's be honest in a small market, most of these, like the, the high quality, the big name free agents are not likely to come to small market you do have something – the Grizzlies do have something that that is a draw for those guys, and and that is Ja Morant. So we may see guys that wouldn't normally take a look at Memphis be willing to come to Memphis because Ja Morant and the level of talent that he is. But Jaron Jackson, when he was healthy in the bubble before his injury, 25.3 points, 2.7 rebounds, which is not good, but 1.7 blocks – He was 48% from the field, uh, shot a high volume of of threes at 37%, 80% from the free throw line on high volume, just crazy, crazy good, all-star level good in the bubble. And if we get that on a night-in, night-out basis as Grizzlies fans, I know that we're going to be happy, but as the the Grizzlies as a franchise – if you get those, you would love to see the, the rebound numbers higher than that 2.7, and I think that you will see that without JV here clogging up the paint. Jaron's going to be a little bit closer to the basket to get rebounds, and so I think that you will just naturally see that number go up. But it, it's, I I really think, you know, to say the sky is the limit, I don't think that that's giving him enough credit.
1: Yeah, mean, and I, I hate to keep going back to preseason because I know preseason is – preseason, but you just watched that that game against the Bulls. I mean, he was came out early just absolutely in, absolutely in his bag. I mean, on both ends of the floor. I mean, he's blocking shots, changing ends, going down, getting baskets into the bucket. I mean, hitting step-back threes. I mean, he looks healthy. He looks confident. And, and you can just see that he's ready to take that next step. Uh, I mean, like, these weren't just regular three-point shots. I mean, he was crossing guys over, stepping back, shooting threes. But, I mean, he was shooting with confidence, seven of 12 from three in, in the game against the Bulls, uh, 29 points, seven rebounds. But, yeah, two two assists uh, in 29 – and this was only in 29 minutes, 10 of 18 from the floor, two or two for the free throw line. I mean, he looked like an all-star level player in that game. And, again, I know it's preseason, but I think we're going to see games like that all throughout the season. I mean, I, I just think he's going to have a big year. JV's not there, again, to call the lane up. I think that's going to lead to more rebounds, rebounding opportunities for him. I think we'll see him average – six to seven rebounds per game uh, and that would be a career high because again I think last year 5.6 was a career high but that was only like 11 or 12 games but I think I think you're going to see that number go up if he stays on the floor man again he's got the, the limit again I, I agree with you I think you can even go north of that I, I just I, I, don't, I just don't see any way if he's healthy that he doesn't become a big time player I mean, you just don't again see guys at that size that can do the things he does I mean it's just ridiculous how talented he is and I think we're going to see it all come together this year
0: yeah yep I agree with you man and not only do I agree with you but the GMs in the NBA voted him most likely to break out this year and so you know these are guys that are getting paid to evaluate talent and to run teams and like that they all voted like he was the leading vote getter from the NBA GMs as uh, players to break out this year So I'm excited. We are two days away. The first matchup, first regular season matchup is Wednesday at home at the FedEx forum against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I I tell you what, man, the thing that I'm ready to see in this game is an Evan Mobley versus Jaron Jackson Jr. matchup, man. You know, Evan Mobley is, he's a pretty mobile big man himself. I'm interested to see, how he's going to be able to do trying to guard Jaron Jackson. I don't think that Jared Allen wants any of the smoke. I think Jared <laughs> Allen gets exposed inside in the post. Jared Allen can, I think that he could, you know, he, he's a pretty good defender, but like outside perimeter, I don't think he wants any of it. So that that's going to be one of the biggest things that I'm watching. Um, Desmond Bain has been fantastic. And I know that we gassed him up on the last, uh, the last episode, but um Th- there have been talks from the Grizzlies about internal growth that they expect this year from guys like Melton and Bain. And they feel like that's going to be enough to take the Grizzlies, not only to where they were last year, but maybe even, you know, higher than that. And I got to tell you, man, I, I, I'm on board with it after the way Desmond has played in the preseason. And, and I don't want to beat on this too much. Cause like I said, we talked about this at length on the last episode, but, man, we're about to see regular season. It's unfortunate that Dylan is not healthy, but we're going to get a good look at Melton and Bain to really see where they're going to go for the starter and who's coming off of the bench.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Dylan out, it's going to be interesting. Again, Desmond Bain had a fantastic summer. We uh, we all know what he did in summer league playing on the ball. Um, again, he talked about wanting to be able to do more creating for himself, uh, and we saw that uh, throughout the Summer league in, in, the, in the preseason. I mean, he had a tremendous summer. We don't see if that's going to carry over into the record season. And with Melton, we've seen him be fantastic and we've seen him really struggle. The thing with always with him is consistency. Uh, when, when he's doing it on both ends of the floor, he looks like a guy that could start uh, in, in this league. And then other times, he just kind of disappears. He had a pretty, pretty good preseason. Uh, and can he carry that momentum into the season? And can he be consistent? Because I think without Dylan, obviously, He's gonna get major minutes. Could he end up being, could he end up starting now in the game against the Bulls, uh prior to that game, Taylor Jenkins did say he was gonna kinda of run record season rotations, but Kyle Anderson got to start in that game along with Bain. Belton came out of the bench. Uh but that's that's gonna be interesting to watch on Tuesday on Wednesday night. That's one thing that's like, he gonna and, and Is he gonna go with uh Bain and Belt? I think that's gonna be interesting to watch. He's gonna go with and most out the bench, but we'll see how that plays out, but those are two guys definitely that I'm going to be watching closely, and you talk about Evan Mobley, uh, obviously he didn't get a lot of love for Rookie of the Year, but in a GM survey, I think they had a question who do they think would be the is going to be the best player out of this draft, four or five years out of the line, and they voted Evan Mobley as the, the guy that's going to be the best player. I was kind of surprised by that when, when you look at the talent of of, of Green and and Cunningham, uh, that kind of surprised me, but uh, there's a lot of believers in him, and I think you the reason why is kind of what, what we talk about with Jared and the size, I think, and, and what he could potentially be able to do with that size, I think, can, can kind of trump what, what a guard can do. And I think that's kind of why some people think that. But that's going to be an interesting matchup. I really am excited to see both of them kind of mobile bigs. Uh Jared's been around for a while. Okay, can can see if he can school the rook out there a little bit um on Wednesday night? But that, that should be a fun one. I'll definitely be watching that matchup.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. I I'm going to be at the game. I didn't want to miss the home opener. That you know, just the, the atmosphere at the home opener always seems to be great. Man, I, I've I've made it to a few home openers now, and outside of playoffs, I think that the energy level for that home opener it, it, is as high as it pretty much is the the entire season. So, I can't wait. Can't wait to see. You know, Ja has shown some great things, and his ability to, to pull up off of the bounce, just fluid. Hey,
1: it just um, makes it look so easy out there, man. Preseason, man. He's just, like, towing with guys now. Like, not even – he's not even going – you can tell. Like, he's not even – and I talk about it, it's weird to say this because I'll talk about how aggressive he was in the preseason, but even in saying that, it, it looks like he's not even giving 100% effort, and he's, like, killing it out there. It's, it's scary how good he can be the way that – the change of speeds that he does uh, when he's when he's getting into the paint and, and and get to the basket. I mean, he's it's scary, man. With him and Ja, we we talked about this a lot, but Ja and Jaron reaching their ceiling, man. That's those are those are championship level pieces that they both get to the peak of their their ceilings. I mean, it's scary how good this team could be. I mean, you have your two pieces there. You can just fill guys in without them around them. If they reach their ceiling, those two guys there, I think, are good enough to to get you in the championship conversation down the line.
0: Yeah. Yep, that, that's you know it, and that, that's an if. That's it's a big if, you it's a if know, yeah. but you know, like j- just the the way I feel that good about it right now, though, ha- have been improving, yeah, man. And, and that's it's so crazy. I'm headed into the Ja Morant, Zion, and RJ Barrett draft. Um, I, I went on record to say that I thought that RJ Barrett was going to end up having the best career of the three. And, you know, obviously with Ja coming to the Grizzlies, I hope that I'm wrong in that aspect. But the the Grizzlies and the Knicks seem to be looking better and better with the way that that draft fell because R.J. Barrett had a solid season last year and he's poised to have another good season. And then obviously we get to watch Ja Morant night in and night out and there are all-star expectations on him this year. So... You know, it's unfortunate. I don't want to see anybody have to deal with the injuries and stuff that Zion's had to deal with. You know, whether whether that is, you know, I don't know where you point the blame. I don't follow the Pelicans enough to be like, you know, this is the training staff or this is Zion or this is whoever. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I hate to see that for anybody. And you know, it's it just makes me happy that the Grizzlies fell to number two you know when, when they I guess kind of they won the lottery getting up that high but whenever it came down to them for one or two I'm just like come on one and yeah. you know, I, I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did because you know it, it's I, I do not think matter of fact I know that they wouldn't be in the position that they're in had it went the other direction.
1: No, I, I think we'd be in a completely different spot right now if they had got number one and drafted Zion. And again, I know this is not a Pelicans podcast, but the Zion stuff, is, if you're a Pelicans fan, man, that, that's scary. I mean, you already had to talk that he doesn't really want to be there. His family doesn't like it there. You got all that stuff. And now, just currently, you're dealing with injury stuff. You're saying he's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks, and that's just not what you want to hear coming to the season, especially for a guy that's struggled with weight issues, and, and he's coming to camp out of shape and now he's going to be out. He's not going to be playing. I mean, that's, that's rough, man. I, I don't envy Pelican fans with that situation, man. I mean, he's super talented, but with him, I just think you just have to worry about this stuff year in and year out. Where's he's going to be in shape, or how he's going to come into camp. I mean, a guy being in that size, playing the way he does, it's bad on your knees. It's just, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But I, again, I think the Grizzlies kind of lucked out there and get the number two pick. And you talk about RJ Barrett, uh, didn't have the greatest rookie year, but really really took a step forward the second year, and I think Knicks fans are probably happy with his trajectory now. They weren't happy after his rookie season, but he looks like he's going to be a, a, a big-time player in this league as well. So I, I think I, I agree with you. I think the Grizzlies and Knicks right now feel pretty good at how, how things took out. I think on that night, we were probably all a little bit disappointed uh, because Zion was supposed to be sitting next to Braun. This is a generational talent. that We haven't seen this. He's a unicorn, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you look a good few years down the line, man, and I, and I and I feel really good about the Grizzlies, this franchise, and, and John Morant. So I think it worked out. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I think that you you have to credit the coaching staff in New York. That you know his rookie year wasn't wasn't a great situation, and then the, the Knicks went out and got uh, got Thibodeau, and they done a great job of getting RJ Barrett some catch and shoot looks, uh, and that's stuff that he wasn't getting in his rookie years. So you saw his field goal percentage increase. You saw points per game increase. You saw his free throw percentage increase. And, and I think a lot of that is just because the situation improved significantly. And it's, man, it's a blessing for the Grizzlies to have found the gym that they found in, in Taylor Jenkins. The, this coaching staff developing talent, the stuff that they've done, it's, I don't think people appreciate it enough.
1: Yeah, one, one interesting thing uh, from from Friday, uh, I, I mentioned this earlier that Taylor Jenkins said that he was going to pretty much run regular season rotations uh, in, in the game against the Bulls. And you asked me this question earlier in the off season, or uh, well, not, not early in the off season, but maybe a few weeks ago uh, here on the Hoop for his podcast uh, about Zaire Williams and, and that I think he was going to be a part of the rotation. And, and you look at this game uh, and, and they ran regular season rotations. and Zaire Williams played 21 minutes in this game, so. It's kind of looking like that. I think Desire Williams is probably going to be in this rotation to start the season. I think they're looking at it like it's a top-ten pick, and we've talked about this before, but this front office, I'm not going to say they don't care how many games they win or whether they make the playoffs, but they're still – the main thing for them is still development, and I think they want Desire Williams to develop, and they're going to give him playing time to develop. I think he's going to be in a rotation come Wednesday night.
0: You want me to tell you what just – I didn't really have any doubts about that, you know, in, in the comments that you made that they're focused on development, but the thing that absolutely solidified that for me going into this season was the Chris Dunn thing. Yeah. You know, yep. to, if you're looking at getting the most possible wins, you
1: go with the veteran, uh,
0: a, a healthy Chris Dunn is more valuable to this team than Jarrett Colver. You, know, you can maybe make the, the argument of Sam Merrill, but he's not going to be a rotation guy anyway. Like, Chris Dunn could have been in this rotation and he could have helped this team win games if he was healthy. He's had a lot of health issues, struggled with it, you know, mightily over the last few years. But I, I think that that just goes to show you that youth is of importance and development is of importance. Obviously, they want to try and win, but, you know, winning the most games possible is Versus, not necessarily yeah. the goal. You know, like, yeah, and, and that's that's just, you know, is winning the most games possible having Zyre, Zyre Williams in the rotation starting off? No, it, it's honestly probably not. You know, you need you need him to develop, and that's what they're going to focus on. And I love it, man. I love it. I want to see what this kid can do. Um, I was talking with some buddies earlier, and they're like, who do you think is most likely to get traded this season? And not necessarily Grizzlies in general, but overall in the NBA. And, you know, people were throwing out different names, Marvin Bagley and whatever. And the name that I threw out was Kyle Anderson.
1: Kyle Anderson. Yep. And, and
0: and they're like, you really think that they're going to trade him? And I'm like, he is in a contract year, and they've got to make a decision: is he going to be a part of this future or not? And, and Kyle has been phenomenal for this team, but I said I think Kyle Anderson is the guy. But internal growth has to happen first and not internal growth in terms of Kyle Anderson, internal growth from guys like Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton. You see those guys as their floor begins to raise, then Kyle becomes less valuable to the team and, and- man, I hope that you guys don't take that as me bashing Kyle Anderson because I cannot give him enough praise for what he's meant to this team and his ability to guard so many positions so fluidly. Like, he, he brings a lot of value to this team. But if Zaire Williams goes out here and he's doing the things in his first year at a level that's close to what Kyle Anderson's doing, Kyle Anderson's dispensable.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't bring Zyre Williams in here. They didn't use a top-ten pick on him to be a role player. They think this guy has tremendous talent and he could possibly be a number three, number four on his team. Um, and again, Kyle is just kind of the guy that, that kind of stands in the way of that. And, and you talk about Melton and, and Bain, is, when these guys get get better and better, you have, and Kyle, not to say he's old, but he's, he's older than most of the guys on his team. And, and you kind of, going with this youth movement, younger guys, and you have these guys developing. He's just kind of the eye man out, and that's coming from a guy I absolutely love. Kyle Aronson wouldn't mind if they extended him, and he's here for a lifetime contract. I love what he's done, love what, what, what he's brought to this franchise over the last couple of years, but you just know how this front office thinks. If, if you watch it and view how they move, that would be the name that jumps out at you. I mean, it just makes sense. I understand what they're trying to do, and it's just a logical move, and it does not and flight on Kyle at all. I mean, because I absolutely love what slow-mo brings to this team. But I, I just think you, you drop a guy top 10, man, you're going to want to give that guy every opportunity to play. And, and they're kind of both big wings, and he's just kind of the guy that's just right there in front of him. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But it definitely wouldn't surprise me if, if they did move him. I um, mean, you kind of go back to the guys that they kept on the roster. I think one reason why they kept Derek, Derek Colvo on the roster is because of the contract. Uh, he's a six plus million dollar expiring contract, which mm-hmm. can be valuable. You talk about him, you talk about Kyle. Uh, I mean, that's eight, nine, 11, 12, That's like $14, million, $15 million dollars in expiring contract that yeah. you could try to add to a deal at the deadline, which is, and they have all kind of draft picks, all kind of second round picks. So they have ammo to go out and make a move. And I think we are going to see some type of move this season. I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge move where you're bringing in a big time player, but I think you can see a semi significant move. I think we're going to see that. At the deadline
0: this season, I'm picking up the phone and calling Charlotte. They didn't extend <laughs> him, bro. They they didn't extend him. I'm calling Charlotte. Hey, I, I see that you didn't extend Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> how how would you like some expiring contracts and pick? You know, like I, I'm. Serious. I love it. And love That it. would be. You know the the chemistry is going to be there. Y'all, it was there. With yeah. With Darren and Tillman, yeah, at, at uh, Michigan State, and he if he takes a leap this year he played well toward the end of last season he was playing very very well oh man Industry, like the the stuff that him and La- Lamelo ball were doing together you think
1: about that with him and job man oh, oh no. man yeah like
0: it, it's it's sign me up for it i you know it, it's just speculation we're just kind of wishful thinking there
1: but and you just think I, about that you know say so you think about the, the chemistry with he, he's already one of jared's best friends played with tilman mm-hmm. and if, and if he's that good of friends with jared i'm sure him and John will probably come club me that would be uh, uh, a group right there, man. That would be fun to watch, man. Some of those dunks that he throws down, man, that would be fun to watch at FedEx expires, man, with, with John Moran. It, it is crazy to think you go back to the core four era and how, like, low gravity this team was. You weren't seeing anybody dunking on anybody getting up and dunking. Now it's like a completely different situation, man. It's so so fun to watch. That, that was fun because at the time, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a different style of basketball. Man. These young guys out here dunking, dumping, dunking shooting threes, and all this stuff that we didn't see uh, back during the core four era. But then if you get Bridges in here, man, that would be fun. Again, we're just pitballing, but I mean, Hey, I mean, it, it would make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah. Our, I mean, th- this one is far less likely, but you know, Phoenix and eight, and you know, you, you didn't, you didn't sign him. Hey, we, we've got stuff that we can throw at you. I, I've said all along, I, I don't know that Jaron, you know, I, I think the Grizzlies plan is for him to be the long-term five but I think that he's better as a four and, you know, you get a guy and they may have that, that guy may already be on the team and Xavier Tillman or uh, Santi Aldama, but you know, they have, like you said, they've got plenty of ammo. Holy crap. Let me back up and try that again. They have plenty of ammunition to fire at these teams that are not offering contract extensions to these guys. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm with you on the slow-mo thing. If they extend him, that will make me happy. If they don't extend him, you know, I'm going to hate to see him go because I do like Kyle, but like it's it's logical. So it makes plenty of sense. I don't even know how long we're going, man. This, this one just seemed to be flowing. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get our sponsor plug in right here. Mybookie.ag still run that promo code hoop ball over there, go over and sign up and they will match your initial deposit 50% up to a thousand dollars. And they're, man, they give away money. They just had an odds boost bet for hockey, and it was in the uh, the Kraken game, the Seattle Kraken game. Somebody scores a goal, you win. You know, they max it out because they don't want to give away all their money. But it, it's not – there's no stipulations, no nothing like that. They have these odds boosts, and it's like a lock to win. You bet 25 bucks, you win 25 bucks. you can pull $50 right back out after you win it. MyBookie.ag, best online sportsbook out there. More lines, better odds than anywhere for the players. Go check them out. When you sign up, use our promo code Hootball. Let them know that we sent you, and we'd appreciate it. Isaac, do you got anything else before we get out of here, man?
1: Yeah, man, before we get out of here, real quick, man, shout out to my guy, man, NBA champion, preseason Grizzlies legend, Sam Merrill, man, 30 points, 8 of 13 from 3 against the Pacers. They did lose the game. But, I mean, a, a fantastic showing for him. And I think he – I think he won himself a roster spot with that game. I mean, you just don't usually see, even in preseason, like, friends, guys go out there go out for 30 points, 8 or 13 from 3. So, I think he really showed the team. He was out for most of the preseason, but came out, man, and really had a, had a fantastic game. And, I mean, he showed his shooting ability. And I, and I said that when they got him, a lot of people were like, oh, he's not going to make this roster. I was like, man, if he, could, if, if there's not, if he can't do anything, he can shoot the basketball. I mean, I watched him in college. And Utah State, I mean, a kid can, can really fill it up, and I think we saw it in the game against Indiana. So I'm glad he has a shot. I, I think he could have a similar tra- trajectory to to kind of what we saw with Grayson Allen when Grayson came in here. Grayson was kind of a guy that a lot of people thought was on on his way out of the league. and really kind of revitalized himself and, and became a real player in the team. Now with the Milwaukee Bucks, and shout out earned to him, earned himself a up.
0: contract, man.
1: Yeah, earned himself a contract for sure. I mean, and again, that just goes to this stuff to this coaching staff and Taylor Jenkins. And the development, development – um, damn, I'm all oh, both struggling at night. Uh development <laughs> mental aspect of, of this coaching staff and, and what they've done with guys, I think Sam Merrill's in a, in a good spot. And I think, again, I think we can look up a couple of years down the line. He's the guy that can be in your rotation because he can really knock down shots. And anytime you can shoot the basketball the way he can, you have a spot in this league.
0: Yes, sir, for sure. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We will not be back with a post game on Wednesday. We may try and get something in Thursday after the game to kind of give you a rundown of it. I will be at the game. And so trying to record when I go to a game after is really, really tough. It'll be late before we got it out. So maybe we'll try to get together Thursday and hit a post game after the season opener. But if not, they play again on Saturday. And we will have a post game, even if I got a row solo. We're gonna have a post game Saturday. I know Isaac is crazy busy right now. He's <laughs> mid season of the Tigers football. Yeah, Tigers crazy, basketball man. is getting closer and closer to tipping off. Uh, he, he's just a busy man. He's out there grinding. I appreciate it. Salute, respect, all of those things. You can get me on Twitter at dwill2111. The show is at Hootball Grizz Isaac. Let them know where they can find you. And hey, plug your Tigers podcast here. If you're if you're listening to this one, and you're a Memphis fan, and you're not listening to Isaac's Tigers podcast, you're missing out.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. It's, it's called the Tigers Den podcast, and you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and the TuneIn Radio app. Again, just go over and search the Tigers Den pod uh, podcast, and you can find it on there. And man, I'm good to go, man. We we we'll be back Thursday. Preview the. Road trip. I got some thoughts on that. I think it looks tough on paper, but I kind of got some thoughts where it might not be as tough as the seems But again, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. i-s-a-a-c underscore arrivals. Man, get us on S Ball win, Follow and that. And until next time, we go.
0: This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.